Welcome to Podcasting for Coaches. I'm Brittany Felix, and I'm a podcast launch consultant who specializes in helping coaches and consultants utilize the power of podcasting as a way to build brand awareness and generate new leads for their business. I realize not every new coach or consultant can afford to hire someone to help launch their show, so I created this podcast as a way to guide you through the process of launching and utilizing your very own podcast to help you grow your business and reach a new audience of adoring followers and potential clients. If you're ready to get your voice and podcast out into the world, head over to podcastingforcoaches.com to learn more. Welcome to episode 68 of Podcasting for Coaches. This week's guest is Anna Lundberg. Anna is the founder of One Step Outside, where she helps people around the world build businesses and create a lifestyle that allows them an unimagined sense of freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment. Anna is also the host of the Reimagining Success podcast and the author of Leaving the Corporate 9 to 5, Stories from People Who've Done It and How You Can Too. Since leaving her corporate job in 2013, Anna's now reimagining what success looks like, and she's passionate about inspiring and supporting others to do the same. In this episode, we discuss how quitting her job in the middle of a trip abroad led to what Anna does now the multiple reasons she decided to start a podcast for her coaching business, how her podcast fits into the ecosystem of her business, the different calls to action she uses in her episodes, depending on what she's talking about or wanting to promote, some of the biggest mistakes I see podcasters make, which spoiler alert, I'm going to do a whole separate episode about this in the future, how she continues to nurture her audience via her Facebook group, how a podcast can help service your existing clients, the one thing she would do differently if she could launch her show again, whether or not the podcasting space is actually truly saturated, why she wants podcasters to reevaluate what success means to them in terms of their podcast and their business, and more. Let's not waste any more time and go ahead and get right to it with Anna. Anna, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you, especially because your business and your podcast is something that is so near and dear to my heart. I've mentioned it on the show several, several times. I was in corporate. I was miserable. I hated every second. I could not wait. I tried everything to get out of corporate. Finally, podcasting was the thing that made it happen, and I am passionate about helping others do this as well, and it's part of the reason I love working with coaches and consultants because I find they have a similar mindset. So again, thank you for being on the show. I'm so, so excited. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. And I'm glad that you have that story as well. So you can relate to what we're talking about. Right. Absolutely. So why don't you give us a little bit of a background on your business, how it came to be, how, you know, this is your mission and how the podcast fits into that. Yeah, sure. So I didn't hate my job, actually. So I actually quite liked it. But I ended up, as I always say, in a marketing job that I hadn't really intentionally chosen. I'd always kind of just gone with the flow and really stuck on the conveyor belt of good school, good university, good job, but I hadn't really thought about what I wanted to be when I grew up, or at least I hadn't really gone after what I actually wanted. <laughs> so I ended up in marketing in the private sector and cut a long story short, 2013, for whatever reason, I just felt, I think it had been sort of nagging at me for, for some time. There was a disconnect between where I was and where I wanted to be. And I sort of told anyone who'd listen and myself, oh, I shouldn't be here. I want to do this other thing. But I did nothing about it. And then for whatever reason, 2013, I finally got the courage to take a sabbatical. So I traveled for three months across South America. And it was that sort of getting out of my comfort zone, traveling, meeting other people mm -hmm. that sparked inspiration and confidence. And halfway through that trip, I called up 
HR and my boss and I quit because I thought <laughs> that if I come back, I'm just going to get sucked into that comfort again, right? right. I'd lose all my um, confidence again. So that was 2013, sort of the summer end of the summer that I came back. And obviously it's been sort of six odd years or so since then, really lots of twists and turns. I certainly didn't quit to become a coach or I don't think I'd heard of podcasts at the time, but I started out doing very sort of direct marketing consulting, really using the skills I had from that corporate environment. I then went through what I like to call my hippie phase when I sort of rebelled against all my skills and knowledge. <laughs> and that's when I discovered coaching. And now the really lovely thing is that I found a way to combine the two. So I've seen the value in all the business strategy and branding and marketing that I had, but I bring in both sort of the skills that I enjoy is in coaching and writing and so on, but also the broader sort of life balance and values and mm -hmm. happiness, I suppose, and meaning beyond just the sort of this is how you're going to get better marketing results and so on. So that's sort of how I've ended up in the coaching space. And with the podcast, it's interesting to some extent, I guess I've been adding building blocks as I've gone. I call myself a writer, I suppose, in the sense that that's sort of my natural medium. So I started out in 14, 15, 15, I guess, when I first certified as a coach writing a blog. And obviously nobody was reading it when I started out. <laughs> but eventually some people read it and I had a few articles published on sort of big publications like Business Insider and so on. Ariana Huffington once shared my article on wow. uh, LinkedIn, which obviously gave me a huge amount of traffic. But then gradually I introduced video into the mix. I had a Facebook group, my email. And finally in December, 2018, I launched the podcast. So I had had it as a goal for the whole 2018 and sort of the last month I was like, you have to do it now because the <laughs> year is ending and that was one of my goals. I had launching a group program, which I did. I had published my book, which I did. And then the podcast sort of snuck in there right at the end of the year. Right. Well, I think that is amazing. I love that journey. And I love that you even came from this perspective of not hating your job because I think that is the kind of the standard. That's why people leave corporate. But instead it was more just a not necessarily feeling fully fulfilled, not feeling like you're using every part of your skill set and every part of your creativity. When people get into corporate jobs, I found that that's a lot of what it is. And that's, they may say they hate their job and they may say it's because of their boss or, you know, terrible coworkers or any number of things, but really it's just that they don't feel fulfilled and they usually don't feel challenged. And I love, love, love that travel was a part of your realization that there was something more out there that you could try because in addition to a freedom lifestyle, a huge reason of why that is a big, big thing for me and one of my core you know, values is freedom is because I love to travel. And at the time that this interview is going to go live, I'll have just come back from a nine-week trip, mostly in Europe, because that's what I love to do. And I have found that travel just really, really, really opens up your horizons because you're right. When you are in corporate, you kind of get stuck. You get stuck in that rut. You get stuck in that cycle of just every day being the same. And it's hard to get off of that unless you have like a shock to your daily routine, which is exactly what travel is, especially if you're doing it in a place you've never been before for an extended period of time. So thank you so much for sharing all of that journey. I love it. Yeah, no, I'm glad. And, and travel, you know, it's a bit of a cliche. Maybe we sort of travel to Bali to find ourselves or whatever. And I think there is some <laughs> truth in it because, again, we meet incredible people outside mm -hmm. of our usual sphere. As you said, you're sort of shocked, jolted into like a different world and you're challenged a little bit and you have to be on your toes rather than being in that really comfortable comfort zone. And you said freedom. I always talk and fulfillment, I think you said too. So freedom, flexibility and fulfillment is what I talk about a lot. And I think that really resonates with people. As you said, it's not necessarily I hate my boss, although 
although actually right. a bad boss is one oh, of yeah. the main reasons why people <laughs> quit their jobs. Um, but some of us, you know, it's not necessarily that. It's just that I'm fine. But we sort of wake up in our, you know, maybe late 20s mid 30s and later um, mm. and realize hang on a second everything I've worked towards isn't actually meaningful to me and that can be quite um, scary but it's sort of the first step in the process I guess of breaking all that down and building something up again. Right so getting back to the podcast since that's actually what you're here to talk about I could get sidetracked and talk about this all day <laughs> long. Why did you decide that you wanted to start a podcast? Why was it one of your goals for 2018? I mean, I said I didn't really know anything about podcasts when I first quit, but I have been a um, consumer, I guess, of podcasts for quite a long time. Um, so initially when I was traveling, I was reading books, I guess, on the Kindle and following blogs and things and subscribing to emails. But gradually, and you should see my um, list of podcasts now that I'm subscribed <laughs> to, it's ridiculous. I, mean, I can't keep on top of all of them, but I go through phases, obviously. But mm -hmm. that's been a huge part of my own development. So whether it's really personal topics or, I don't know, health or pregnancy or whatever, or if it's been business consulting and obviously been specifically coaching, that's been a huge part of my own development. And then in terms of the format, it's weird because, again, I say I'm a writer but somehow, you know, the video made me feel and I had done lots of acting when I was younger, obviously not professionally, but it was sort of a big part of what I did. So presenting and speaking and engaging with people, I guess, and communicating have been really sort of important to me as well. So somehow that came together and gradually I thought, well, I'll give this a go in terms of talking to people. And when I launched my group program. I did a lot of audio trainings and I thought, this is awesome. I don't have to put makeup and clothes on and I can just sort of <laughs> behind the microphone. My initial idea, I have to say, was to film myself doing the podcast, but I mm -hmm. quickly got rid of that idea because I thought, nope, that takes away the whole benefit of <laughs> being able to just do it whenever and wherever. Um, so yeah, it was really because I had been consuming them myself. It was because I think it's such a convenient format, both for me recording. I mean, I say that a bit facetiously, but it's a little bit true, but also for the person listening, right? It's mm -hmm. busy professionals on the way to work. It's a 15, 20 minute podcast. In fact, my boyfriend listens to podcasts every morning and evening on his commute. It's just easy to listen to while you're doing the dishes or doing the laundry or whatever. So it's just a convenient thing for busy people. And then it sort of fits into the puzzle the ecosystem of my brand, really. It's one more way in which people can listen. So they maybe don't have time to join the live video in Facebook or they don't want to read another email. But putting on a couple of short sort of podcast episodes can really spark that inspiration, hopefully, or give them some really practical steps they can take as well. Yeah. So I love there how you worded it, that it fits into the ecosystem of your your business. What does that actually look like? I mean, I know it's there as an avenue for them to connect with you, but how does the podcast fit in in terms of, you know, what everybody likes to call a funnel in terms of bringing in new clients for your business? Yeah. Well, first, I really have quite a robust content strategy by now. So I do have a theme for the month or for a couple of months. And then for each week, I have a topic. And that topic is something I covered then on um, IGTV, on Instagram, on the blog and on the podcast. So it's very coherent. Mm -hmm. So probably if you were to follow me on every channel and read and watch everything, you'd get a bit bored. But obviously nobody does that, right. thankfully, <laughs> because most people don't see any of the stuff I'm publishing, I'm sure. Um, so it's just one more avenue. So if you're not seeing, you know, again, if you're not having time to join the lives and so on, you can um, listen to the podcast instead of watching a video, for example. In terms of steps, it's an interesting one because I think people don't necessarily discover me through the podcast because it's it's not, you know, ranked number one on Apple right. or anything. So it's more actually obviously coming on other people's podcasts, for example, can help to bring maybe someone in the audience here. Oh, that sounds interesting. This idea of reimagining success, leaving the nine to five. I'll have a listen to an episode. And that's one way to discover it. I don't have massive subscriber numbers, but I do get a lot of feedback from people now saying, oh, I listened to you. I found you on the podcast. 
and that's how they found me. So it's not so much sort of raising awareness with new people by itself, but it is then almost a destination for people come to come to. And then uh, at the end of every episode, I do have different outros saying, you know, join the Facebook community, for example, or get the book or send me a message or whatever it is. So I always have a next step for them. Often the Facebook group, I think that's the best sort of community place for people to be, but also, you know, other resources or get in touch with me or get the book and so on. So it's really sort of a step towards something else. Right. Well, I have to say, as someone who consults on this for a living with coaches and consultants, you are so far ahead and have such a better understanding, even for, you know, we're recording this podcast in July, you have a better understanding of it than most coaches and consultants who have been podcasting even for a year or more. Because a lot of people, and I'm going to be recording an episode soon about the biggest mistakes that I see podcasters make. And that is that a lot of them don't have calls to action for a listener to take a next step. They don't have a place where they are building that community and nurturing that relationship a little bit more. And they don't realize that a podcast is not going to just all of a sudden massively bring in thousands of new people to your audience. So I love that you brought up all of these components because these are some of the biggest things that coaches and consultants miss. The podcast I have found more often than not, yes, it will bring new people to you, but it's really just more that first touch point where they can start to form a relationship with you. So maybe they hear about you from other places, like you know, you being a guest on other podcasts, or maybe even like seeing you on social media occasionally. Someone shares something and they're like, oh, who's this person? Let me learn more. And the podcast is the great place for them to go to learn more. And then you have these calls to action so that they can either get your book, but also, like you said, more importantly, join the Facebook community where then you can take that relationship to the next level and you're starting to form a one-on-one connection with them and they're starting to really feel like they know you. And then it's when they feel like they know you that they're more likely to become you know, a client or purchase something from you. So you are nailing it. So congrats. That's good news. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to highlight that because like I said, it gets so missed, so missed by people who start podcasts. There are people who I start to work with and like we do an audit of their show and they've been going for a year or two and they don't have a single call to action. They have no way for anybody to connect with them or they never ever once mention what their services are. (laughs) in the entire show because they interview other people. So they're constantly spotlighting others and they never say what they do or what they offer or who they work with. So for anyone listening right now, take this to heart, follow Anna's lead (laughs) because this is how you do it. So in terms of funneling people into that Facebook community, what does that look like there where you start to nurture that relationship with them? So I guess that's the place where I'm sort of most active and that's where we can really interact. I've been doing a weekly live every Wednesday. Funnily enough, I've just now done a poll to ask if people want to continue that or if they prefer a monthly deep dive. And most people are voting for the monthly deep dive. So I think it's going to shift a little bit. I've also done the um, ubiquitous now sort of five day challenges. People love those, you know, really sort of niche in on a topic and then do an intense sort of Sunday through Thursday, five nights of lives to help people through. And it's been and finding your ikigai, if that's something you're familiar with, the Japanese concept of sort of the reason for getting out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. finding your purpose, I guess, clarity on your career direction, or more specific sort of business strategies around finding clients when you're first starting out. And that sort of a free workshop, really, in the form of Facebook Live. So that, I think, is the best way, as you said, that people can get to know, like, and trust me. And then, of course, I'm sharing their 
also my podcast episodes and blogs and asking for feedback and people are posting things, supporting each other, complaining, asking questions, <laughs> celebrating and all sorts. So at the moment, I think Facebook, you know, as a community, although it has its uh, negative mm-hmm. aspects and who knows what's going to happen in the future. But at the moment, groups are still a fantastic way to really get in front of people and to have that interaction as well. And funnily enough, you know, the the direction goes the other way too, that I can obviously um, direct people to the podcast and I have a lot of clients who listen to the podcast. So even though they're working with me or they have access to my group program and all Mm -hmm. the audio trainings there, it's still just one more sort of avenue with a slightly different angle that they can really immerse themselves into a topic. It's so funny you bring that up because I have had a couple of clients who... I mean, they pay me every month. Like we work one-on-one, we email back and forth, but then they'll, you know, say, oh, I listened to this episode. It was really helpful. Like, I didn't know this. <laughs> Why didn't you just ask me? Like, I'm right yes, here for exactly, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they still listen to the podcast. So that is another thing I think a lot of coaches and consultants don't necessarily realize is that it can be a valuable tool even for your existing clients. So it can be a supplemental, you know, service that you don't have to necessarily provide every single week. And I have done that as well. And I don't know if you have, I'm sure you have, it sounds like you have where a client will ask me a question and it may be a pretty involved answer. And I can just say, oh, you know what? I actually did a podcast episode on this. It's only 12 minutes long. Here's the link. Go check it out. Instead of me having to answer that same question for my clients over and over and over again. I don't do that every time or else, you know, they could just do the podcast and why would they pay me directly? But for the more involved things, you know, where if it takes me 12 minutes to audibly explain it, it would take me forever to type it out in an email. So it is a tool that I think a lot of people don't utilize fully in every way that they can. And that's part of why I like interviewing other coaches and consultants who are podcasting because then these different methods and these different ways of utilizing a podcast comes out. And so hopefully anyone listening to this right now will say, oh, I never thought of doing that. That's a great idea. And I do recommend people, especially when you're starting out, if you're only doing interviews, you can't necessarily do this. Sometimes you could work it in where you cover topics that are these frequently asked questions. Because then whenever you have people on social media who ask you about it or in your Facebook community, you can refer them to these episodes. So it saves you time. And then they're appreciative too, because then they can check it out whenever they want. And then they have access to this podcast with so much more information. Yeah, I think it's a win-win for you. It's convenient, as you said, rather than repeating the same message again and again. And for them as well, it's you can direct them to a particular episode. And if someone has the question, if one client or one person in your group has that question, probably loads of other people are going to have it too. So obviously you answer it once and that's going to add value to a lot more people um, again and again. And then, you know, yes, it's free, but your clients are paying you. But then in those paid sessions with the client, you can then really focus in on the added value beyond that, not just sort of repeat yourself for the 10th time. So I think it is good for the client too. It's not just you being cheeky and charging for something that's free, but it really is sort of the whole, again, ecosystem in a way to, I mean, I uh, listen to every single episode that my coach does, for example. So it's just one other piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I am curious about how you handle your calls to action. And I know that you said that you rotate. Is there any kind of a system behind how you rotate? Does it depend on like what topics you're talking about? Or is it just kind of whatever you feel like throwing in there? Somewhere in between those. I wouldn't call it a system, (laughs) but it's definitely linked to the topic. So, you know, of course, if I've been talking about something that is leading into one of my programs, then probably it's going to be a more sort of, I don't want to say salesy, but more direct call to action towards that program or the book if that's relevant but if it's more you know we've been talking about how how it is to run a business having a young family a baby and so on then I might say you know come and join us in the Facebook group where we're sharing our stories and um, asking questions and doing a training and so on so it's always again linked as you said having a call to action is important not just on the podcast but also in the blog and Mm -hmm. on Instagram and everywhere really so it's always sort of the natural next step or get on a phone call with me for example but it all 
comes, I guess, at the right point in the funnel, if you want to think of it that way, that it's, you're not going to have like a massive big topic and then suddenly go at the end, hey, buy my coaching. So it's a, a lot softer <laughs> than that. It's sort of when it comes very concrete, then there's a very logical sort of next step. But often it is, you know, also subscribe to the podcast or share an episode with a friend or write a review or something like that. So I sort of sprinkle them in there, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I should probably have a listen to and we'll have a look at the statistics and see which are doing better but at the moment it's just sort of experimenting it's still quite fresh for me so I'm yeah. just um trying different things and seeing what happens well no and I love that and I, I love that you kind of have these standard calls to action for you know a program you're promoting the Facebook group or the book but then you also sprinkle in subscribe and you know leave a rating that's exactly how I say to handle it you should have your main most important call to actions and there shouldn't be you know three in one episode because that's going to be overwhelming and most people think that their main call to action should be to subscribe and leave a rating or review, but that shouldn't be it. As a coach or consultant, is that really what you want? You know, would you prefer for that person to subscribe and then never connect with you any further? Or would you prefer that they contact you directly or schedule a call or purchase your program? But we don't want to ignore the subscribing and the ratings and reviews. They should not be the number one priority as far as the call to action that you use, but sprinkle them in is the perfect way to do that. I do have a couple other questions before we wrap up here. And one of them is, if you could go back and start your podcast over again, is there anything that you would do differently? That's a great question. I'm trying to think through what I did. I mean, probably start it earlier. <laughs> it's probably what <laughs> most people say, but, uh, you know, I just put it off and I see people again and again in podcasting groups saying, oh, I'm scared. I've done all this research and I don't want to do it. And I, once I started doing it, you know, it became so easy. But the first time you have that thought, I want to start a podcast, you have no idea of the tech you need to buy, the right. software, everything, the content and so on. But as soon as you begin to research, okay, okay, maybe I should use Libsyn for this. And okay, maybe I should have this kind of microphone. And gradually you just, as with everything, right, you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're learning new things and you get more and more comfortable with it. Towards the end of the year, as I said, I was getting desperate and I had to <laughs> achieve this goal. I sort of kind of threw money at the problem because I was trying to work out how to edit it myself. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, I found a podcast editing service that did it for me. And that was obviously a solution. So if you have more money than time, for example, then you can outsource <laughs> um, and get the support. So um, I think, yeah, I would just say I could have started much earlier and then I would have had this as a cog in the machine, I guess, much earlier. Whereas now I'm on to, as we're recording, sort of episode 30 odd or so. So it's still quite fresh and it's it's one episode a week so I think it's a really nice again sort of piece of the puzzle but I think I could have done better obviously podcasting has been around for so long now as well that I think people who were much earlier in the game got much bigger results as well in terms of subscribers and so on. now it's quite saturated there are so many of us podcasting so I think it's less easy I guess just to get lots of subscribers but as you said there are strategies that we can use to get the quality as well and to actually use it strategically rather than necessarily have the hundreds and thousands of followers as well or subscribers. Right. I'm going to follow my own advice and follow up what you just said with a mention of, I actually have a course that walks any coach or consultant through the entire process from start to finish. From that, I want to start a podcast. I think this is what I want to talk about all the way to having your show launched. So check out the show notes for this episode if you want to learn more about that course or just visit my website. And what I want to mention there when terms of the market's being saturated. It does seem that way. As of the time that we're recording this, July 2019, there are 706,000 podcasts out there. And that seems like a crazy overwhelming number. But when you compare it to the millions of people that there are, you know, just in this country, I mean, there are there are billions of people on the planet. So trust me, 706,000 is not that many when compared to that. 
but only 18% of those have released an episode in the past three months. So it seems like there are a ton of shows out there. It seems like there are so much competition, but if they are looking for somebody who's regularly putting out content, who hasn't pod faded, who hasn't disappeared, if you're one of those people, you're going to stand out by default because you're still there showing up for them week after week. So I don't want people to feel like, I can't do this. There's already too many podcasts. Think about the blogs that are out there, people. Like There are so, so many blogs and there are still people starting them and there are still people who get clients from just a blog. It's not anything that is going to be oversaturated to the point where it won't work for you. Because especially if, I mean, do you really need millions of clients? No, you can't keep up with that. I can just about guarantee you. You probably don't even need thousands. You only need you know, maybe a couple hundred if you're doing group coaching programs, you know, or monthly membership business model. And maybe you only need like 10 clients on a regular basis. There are definitely still people out there. Yes, we're not likely as indie coaches and consultants with indie podcasts to have a podcast with, you know, like you said, 100,000 subscribers. We know, we're not going to be Joe Rogan or Anna Ferris or anything, but we don't need that. And that's the beautiful thing about podcasting. So Thank you for providing that perspective on that. No, I love that you say that. And I think that's important, not just for podcasting, but for everything. I think the biggest mistake people make is to give up too soon. And again, you see again and again in groups, oh, I'm only getting this number of views and downloads. I'm going to, I just can't think of content. I'm not doing as well as I thought. How do I monetize and so on? And people just sort of half-heartedly do a few episodes and then give up. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with everything, whether it's, you know, I've done a few Facebook lives, people aren't turning up, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore because... I feel embarrassed that people are watching, you know, and everything. (laughs) I remember someone once said, you know, I did 13 webinars until, you know, before they started working and I had done one and I was about to give up and I thought, okay, (laughs) fair enough. Like maybe it's not enough just to do one and then perfect it and get those 20 clients right away, right? So everything, I guess that's worth having will take you time. You just have to swallow your ego and keep going. So I think that's a really important point that you made that actually if we keep going, first of all, you're way ahead of the game. And secondly, again, we don't have to be a Joe Rogan or whatever um, massive sort of we don't need to be um, B school or something we mm-hmm. have a small number of quality clients and, and you know potentially high-end programs and so on and that's much more effective so um, no definitely important reminder yeah so one final question here for the coach or consultant who is listening to this they are thinking about starting a podcast but as you mentioned it does seem overwhelming what advice do you have for them you know I'm going to give the advice which is my overall message and in fact the name of my podcast which is reimagining success I always say whatever you're starting, whether it's, you know, potentially quitting your job or starting a business or in this case, starting a podcast, take a step back and really think, what is success for you? Just to draw a parallel, you know, when I wanted to be a writer, did I really need to get on the New York Times bestseller list? Did I really need to be JK Rowling? First of all, I'm never going to be JK Rowling. So that's a bit of a shame (laughs) if that's my goal or Stephen King or whatever. So no, for me, it was important to write. Okay tick done I can sit down and write for people to read that and engage with it and then to also have a physical book in my hand which I can do by self-publishing for example I don't need that mega publishing contract and it's the same thing I think with podcasting that you know yes it's nice for your ego if you're in the top 10 whatever on Apple the best blah 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 and and you're getting hundreds of thousands of subscribers and you can post them in the groups and say oh my goodness look at my amazing charts and so on but is that really meaningful success to you probably not it might be that there's a concrete business goal you want to achieve it might just be that you want to learn a new skill this year and actually you know what I think I'd be good at talking into a microphone so that's something (laughs) I I want to do I'm going to enjoy that or again it has a sort of role in your strategy but really think about what is success for you and then remind yourself that so you don't get disheartened when you don't 
potentially get all those subscribers that you wanted and you really remind yourself no but I was doing this because I wanted to learn a new skill I'm going to keep at it for a year at least before I you know look at then the results maybe and decide it's not working whatever but at least give it a shot so I think define what success looks like for you would be my biggest advice perfect I love that so much Anna, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a incredibly fun conversation that I could continue for a very long time, but I will let you go. And I really, really look forward to staying connected with you. And I highly encourage anyone listening to this. If you have resonated with anything that Anna, have, Anna and, or I have said in this episode, please go check out her podcast, join her Facebook community, because there is no reason that anyone has to settle for a life that they don't love. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of Podcasting for Coaches. As you may have heard me mention in this show, I do actually perform audits for my clients sometimes. What this means is that I take a look at everything relating to their show. So the show itself, the audio quality, their content, the link, the format. And I also take a look at the website, social media presence, and even the back end of their RSS feed and their podcast hosting service. I do a thorough review of all of those things And then I actually put together a video and a checklist with my feedback and recommended tweaks to improve their show. So if this is a service you're interested in having for your podcast, all you have to do is go to the show notes for this episode by going to podcastingforcoaches.com, click on the podcast tab in the main menu and go to episode number 68, or you could just go to the services tab and you can find all my audit information there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and I want you to come back next week where we are going to dive a little bit more into Spotify and why you absolutely need to have your show on there if you don't already. Have a fantastic day. And that wraps up another episode of Podcasting for Coaches. If you'd like to connect with me further, you can do so on Instagram at Podcasting for Coaches. If you know it's time to finally get serious about starting your podcast, go to podcastingforcoaches.com and click on the work with me tab in the main menu to learn more about my one-on-one launch consultation packages or my self-paced online course. And I look forward to seeing the podcasts that you create and put out into the world.